0: Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, they say never meet your heroes. That's bullshit. Chris has been one of my heroes and my mentors for the last three years. Without him, this show would not even be on the air. You've seen him on CNN. You've seen him on Huffington Post. You've seen him all over the world. He's, for me, he's the king of social media. And my dear friend, Chris, welcome to the show, my brother. How are you?
1: there you go hey thanks richard it's wonderful to be on your show man what an intro i love that intro
0: thank you so like i said you know i see you everywhere and you said you were out in vegas recently doing show after show after show you're in like the top one percent of all podcasts in the world right
1: yeah yeah well we try to we just broke 1200 episodes and uh yeah we did 308 episodes last year
0: Wow, that's incredible. So, you know, give us a quick down and dirty about who you are, where you come from, and how you got involved in this crazy world of podcasting.
1: Who am I? What an existential question. What does it all mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm still solving that riddle. Um, no, uh, I was a kid uh, who was uh, born and raised in SoCal, uh, and uh, started my first business when I was 18. Uh, and uh, became an uh, entrepreneur, got their entrepreneur drug bug uh, at 18 and uh, started companies after that and uh, just been building businesses and, and doing stuff all my life. <clears throat> I put up my book last year on uh, uh, some of my adventures, my memoir sort of thing a little bit and uh, some lessons for people in business called Beacons of Leadership. And, uh, that's a book that, you know, people can go read, especially if they're aspiring entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs, uh, or if they just want to succeed in business, uh, some of the advice that I have.
0: Okay. So now, you know, cause our, like I was telling you earlier, most of our listeners are entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. veteran entrepreneurs. Cause once we get out of the military, we realize, uh, working for somebody else just doesn't work because we're, we're, we're willing to work as many hours as we need mm. to get the job done instead mm-hmm. of just hanging out by the cooler water cooler for a half hour and, and taking a lunch and then going home with the work not done. So now yeah,
1: military people are 24 seven man. When you work for the military you're you're on call and duty all the time.
0: So now tell us a little bit about your first foray into entrepreneurship. What was but, it and what kind of work did you get involved with?
1: Well, it was kind of an accidental thing. I mean, back then, you know, entrepreneurism wasn't a thing. People weren't going around going, I'm the CEO of my own business. Um, It was kind of the forefront of some of that. And so uh, I had, as a child, been working with my father on summers and, you know, whenever mom wanted to get us out of the house, she would uh, send us off with our dad. And my dad had a stucco business for cement construction subcontracting uh working with stucco and stuccoing foundations things like that so i'd work with him as a as a child over those years <clears throat> and i learned you know how he did his work and we'd help him do his work hated the hated doing it because you're out in the sun and the whatever but um you know it it was his uh, you know we just go help dad so <clears throat> over the years i knew i knew how to do all the aspects of his business except for selling people and, uh, I was graduating from high school and I became, uh, I was working for McDonald's minimum wage and flipping burgers. And one of these, uh, one of the bosses here in Utah, where it's highly religious to shine to me, cause I would always, uh, wear these rock concert t-shirts, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas priest, uh, Van Halen. And he believed that they were satanic bands, of course, which is big in the religious community up here. And, uh, that I was being of the devil. So, uh, he decided that the long hair I had, cause I was a heavy metal rocker, uh, needed to be cut to, in order to keep my job at McDonald's. So he literally put the ultimatum to me. I, uh, that's kind of when I started feeling through my, my, uh, entrepreneurial thinking. So I asked the ladies at the, uh, who had long hair at McDonald's, uh, how do you, how do you guys work here if I have to cut my hair? And they go, Oh, we have these little buns that roll up the hair into her hat. So no one knows the long hairs there. So I did that. And for about a month, I had him fooled. <laughs> he, he thought he'd won his little bully war, uh, to force me to cut my hair to keep my job. And, uh, then one day he caught me taking it out after about a month, month and a half. And, uh, when he did, he was pissed cause he'd realized I'd gotten the best of him on that one. And, uh, he fired me. And so I went home. My dad said, uh, what are you going to do now? You can't stay at my house. You're 18, man. And uh, I go, I don't know. I just got fired from McDonald's. And he goes, why don't you just go start my old company back up? The one with Stucco. You know how to do the work. The, all the tools are in the shed. You can you just go uh, go out and sell it. So I was like, well, i guess so sure so i went and did it and basically got my own business going and got my own sales going going learned how to sell and go out and sell people and and uh that was my very first business so once you get that drug it's like awesome
0: so so when did you first get involved in the digital space
1: and digital didn't come until I was always into technology, and you know, having the latest phones early on. In our companies we had those big brick phones, yeah. and <laughs> we had those things going on. And uh, but you know, I'd always I always bought the latest cell phones, the coolest cell phones. I was a thrall with the technology, and we could afford it with our companies. Um, but uh, it wasn't until the market crash, two thousand eight. We lost our mortgage company, our career company, and all of our stuff. And Twitter had just been uh, becoming popular, becoming really popular. And so I was like, holy crap. Um, And I looked at at Twitter and, and said, you know, how can we make this work? And so I started figuring out how to make it work and how to market with it with a lot of other people about the same time since it was such a new technology. That's really when I entered the digital space.
0: Now, Twitter, like I said, it, when it first started out, there was like nobody on it, but then it, it kind of, it's really blown up to be its own thing. And my friend, Dennis, you, of course, we all know, um, you know, he loves Twitter. He's a big Twitter guy. And I'm, I finally got verified on Twitter. I actually like Twitter, but I never knew how to use it. And I think a lot of people are not oh. using it the proper way. Your thoughts?
1: I think definitely so. I mean, it's uh, Twitter's, Twitter's always been a car crash uh, uh, of clowns that crashed into success uh, in spite of the incompetency of their leaders and runners and people who managed it for 13-plus <laughs> years now, uh, or longer than that, I think. But it's just been a clown car, just a shit show. They've missed so many grand opportunities that they could have led on uh, private messaging, DMing, uh, you know, so many different, so many things they mucked up. Um, and part of it was cause they just had really poor management from the very start and, um, uh, they didn't even understand their product. Most of the, what Twitter is built of the community told Twitter they wanted. It's not like somebody had a brand, grand scale idea, but you know, I don't, I don't find Twitter as a huge sort of marketing advertisement play platform to me. LinkedIn is, is, is the great place to be. Uh, you can be on all those places if you want. I know Dennis is brilliant at marketing, uh, and he has his dollar per day sort of, um, ones one of his strategies, but, um, to me, Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, are really where it's out. And of course, TikTok now just seems to be crazy. YouTube as well.
0: Now I'm a big LinkedIn guy. Um, and I think that's where we connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I love LinkedIn. That's where I get ninety percent of my referrals, and my guests are on LinkedIn. And I only got it because Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, one of my friends, said, "Listen, bro, if you're not on TikTok and and LinkedIn in 2022 and 23, you're going to be lost in the dust." Yeah. So talk yeah. to us about you know the positives of LinkedIn and why a lot of people are not not business owners are not on it, but they really should be.
1: A lot of people just think it's for just like if you need a job, that's where you go look for a job, and if you're a recruiter, that's where you go look to recruit. There's a lot of business going on over there. You know, even back in the early Twitter days, we used to say, "Twitter is the Twitter is your bar is the bar." Uh, so if you're a guy, you know, you go to the bar. Twitter's the bar. Uh, LinkedIn is the office, and Facebook is your home. And so that's kind of how you want to think about those three things. And so, uh, you know, LinkedIn for me has just always been about business. And the people on there tend to act professional. They tend to mind their manners, P's and Q's. You know, you're know, not seeing the crazy stuff you see even on Facebook. And uh, it seems to be a great place to network, connect with people, and find people that uh, really want to be successful. Uh, you find a whole lot of other, you know, stuff over there. Like any network, it has its own spam. But, uh, you know, if you, if you curate really well, you can do, you can do pretty good with it.
0: All right. So let's break it down because I'm a big break it down Barney style kind of guy. Um, I love how you say Facebook is your home. Can you break that down a little bit for the simple people like me?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's Facebook is where you kind of make posts about you make it home. Like, you know, here's my kids, here's my dog here's, here's me and the wife, uh, barbecuing, you know, it's all the pictures the family wants to see. The grandparents are tuned in, you know, the, the grandparents are tuned in the, um, uh, you know, the, the kids are on there, you know, it's, 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 uh, all the relatives are engaging with each other or not. And, um, uh, that's, that's kind of how that works. And so it's just, it's a little, it's a laid back environment, but it's not the crazy drunken bar that, you know, you have a Twitter where things are being flung back and forth. <laughs> Although I don't know, I've seen it on Facebook too. So that used to be
0: our analogy. So then how do you market? Cause I, on each platform, there's a different way to market. So how do you market and not seem spammy on Facebook?
1: Um, on Facebook, you buy ads from Facebook ads. I mean, I don't, I don't really believe in marketing so much on my Facebook feed. I mean, I might, I might say, hey, you know, the podcast is this on, or, you know, hey, here's some things going on with me. But for the most part, I don't use my Facebook personal page as marketing. There's the Facebook pages that can do marketing uh, or buying ads to those that do marketing. But yeah, I'm not one of those people that on my Facebook personal feed, I'm like trying to always sell shit.
0: So you're not that annoying person that just always constant business, business, business. Yeah, those
1: those people, it's it's a different relationship you have to have on Facebook, in my opinion. And those people who are constantly posting business or how to make money stuff, you wonder how broke they are. Because like you know, this is supposed to be your close family and relatives and stuff. Why are you hustling over here? But whatever, I mean, to each their
0: own. All right, so now we're going to go to the bar, because I used to be a bar guy, but now I'm sober, so I don't do that anymore. But So if Twitter's the bar, how do you become the most popular guy at the bar?
1: I don't know. Twitter has, like, become such a... It used to be there were ways to game the system over there. They closed most of them off. I mean, you you almost have to be a super toxic person. Um, There's networking where you can network with other people, but... Uh, you know, you kind of have to pick your lane of topic that you want to talk about. And it's, it's usually one of the most loudest and obnoxious places that you have to be to stick out. There's just so much freaking noise and so much, uh, stuff of the day. It seems like a really great place for news journalists and, uh, and po- politics. I don't find much else of interest of anything else. I mean, I don't follow celebrities. I don't really care what. You know Kim Kardashian is doing this week. I don't know. So, really I'm care.
0: guessing you're not a big IG guy, then
1: not a big IG guy either. IG is really turned into a dating app, yeah. uh, and if you really want to understand what that is, all these apps are really turning into dating apps. Um, so they're all about attention and validation, seeking you know, some of it's not even real dating, they just want attention and validation. Look at me, my clothes are off. Hey, uh, give me attentions because I'm insecure. I mean, it's just, it's just an endless reel of insecurity. Um, you know, we live in a world where no one's getting married anymore. That's very clear. And so instead of having husbands, of, you know, where you can go, hey, you know, does my butt look fat in this? Give me some attention, validation, whatever. They don't have that. So they've, they've gotten addicted to getting on Instagram and other places and letting it all hang out for attention and validation. So welcome to the new world. But yeah, to, to me, IG is just a dating app. I, we tried to get traction, even with the show on there. It's just so hard. It's just so hard.
0: Same thing with TikTok. You having a problem with that too?
1: TikTok, we're trying to get the screen formatted. We put up some Dave Navarro videos. We we tried to kind of make the format work. Um, I've got to apply myself to it. But you have to get the they have to get the video size right when you upload it. Otherwise, it doesn't fit well on the screen. But TikTok's definitely going well for a lot of advertisers. It's going huge for advertisers and other people. Um, Just when you run an intellectual, serious format like we do, uh, it doesn't fit on there very well. Because people want to see, you know, they want to see... It's almost like a mini TikTok. It's almost like the bargain. They want to see crazy stuff.
0: So so for me, I'm a 53-year-old guy. I'm not going to be shaking my ass anytime. So, there's I don't have time. to worry about that stupid still stuff. Still time. have no, been there, done that, brother. Chippendales
1: has uh, uh, taken uh, requests. I think last time I was in Vegas, I'll,
0: I'll have to pay people to keep my clothes on. I think um,
1: there's a only fans for that.
0: <laughs> so now, what about YouTube? Because I, I'm, I'm, i I'm a big guy for you know making long-form content while also making you know using, utilizing YouTube Shorts. What is your thoughts on YouTube?
1: Um I mean YouTube's good it's good for advertising on there uh if you're targeting the market on there the market on there is you know largely still 10 to 15 year olds so if you have a product or something that aspires to them I've seen some people run ads and stuff and do things that where it's uh you know they're selling coaching services or some serious business stuff but yeah there's 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 things there that are pretty interesting
0: So where do you see for a new business owner just getting started. A guy gets out of the military, just wants to start a business, and he starts a business, but doesn't know anything about social media. Where do they start? What What are, what are some advice you can give some to newbies?
1: And he's never started a business before.
0: Yep, just brand new out, out the gate.
1: Well, first you want to understand and and get to know you know uh, what you're doing with small business and how you're building it. So I'd say you know, make sure you know everything you know about starting a business and running it first. Um, with Mark, with uh, marketing and social media, um, you know, you just you just have to build it. You have to start making connections and reply to people. You can hire some some social media experts, if you will, I suppose. Um, people that know how to market, you need to vet them well and make sure that they know what they're doing, because um, there's a lot of people who claim they know what they're doing, but they don't. Um, but yeah, you just you just go on and start building relationships. I built uh, groups on the on LinkedIn years and years and years ago called the Chris Voss Show, and uh, that's now 130,000 people. It's just one of those things where you just got to start building it, and they come. If you build something that's interesting, you have to constantly be posting stuff, putting up content. You know, like I said, we we put out three hundred eight podcasts uh, last year. And everyone I told that to on Facebook just about fell off their chair. And they were like, holy crap. And when you think about it, it is a lot, actually. But, uh, um, you know, you've got to constantly put up content. You've got to constantly be out there. You know, you probably became aware of me because I'm constantly talking. I'm constantly putting up content. And you're like, hey, this guy sometimes has some interesting things to say. Um, and uh, people see that. Uh, repetition is the mother of mastery or something like that. So you gotta, you got to get in front of people's uh, eyes and ears.
0: So, you know, we're it's January eleventh, two 2023. And what are your thoughts on podcasting? And because you just got back from some events, where do you see the future of podcasting going?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think it'll still just keep going along like radio. Uh, it's uh, People seem to love podcasting. I think more and more people will consume it. I think it's hopefully reached an inflection point where where the bad podcasts are dying off and the good podcasts are 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 uh, getting better like mine. But um, it's just amazing how everybody and their dog seems to think they can make a podcast and make it sound good. And then, it, you know, like 80% of them were dead by episode seven because it really wasn't a podcast. But people say to me, they'll be like, hey, I got an idea for a podcast. I'm like, what is it? And they'll tell me, and I'll be like, that's an episode. That's not a podcast. That's like an episode. You have an hour conversation there. You don't have 10,000 hours of content <laughs> potentially for that show.
0: And isn't it like some like – most episodes, most podcasts don't go past episode
1: 13. Yeah. 80% die by, uh, episode seven. Uh, the other of the 20% left over the other 80% of that will die by episode 13, 15, 25. If it doesn't have a website specifically, like if they don't have their own domain, they're just using like, you know, one of those services that parks your stuff. <clears throat> if they don't have their own .com, they won't
0: make it. So, you know, I think a lot of people, when they start a podcast, they think it's all going to be unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. You know, they're just going to put out an episode. Everybody's going to flock to it. every And then the sponsors are just going to show up throwing money at them. And they don't yeah. realize that it takes actual work to make a successful podcast. Right?
1: Yeah. I've actually had people say to me, they go, so when do I start making money with this thing right away? You're like, no, like... You don't, you have to build it. You have to build an audience. People just don't pay you to sit and talk to a mic that goes out to an audience of no one and your mom. Um, that's not how it works. I mean, and they just, they think like there's, they hear there's money in it and, and, and all this stuff and they don't really understand any of it. And, and the bar for entry is really low. I mean, people just like, Oh, you just talk in your phone and make a podcast. Yeah. And so they just sit and think that having a conversation is as as boring as the one you'd have over lunch with someone is an appropriate podcast. But, I mean, hey, whatever works.
0: I mean, but, you know, also, Mm. like I said, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk is the one that actually came up with the comeback coach. He actually got me into the podcasting. Mm. But there's only one Gary V. There's only one Chris Voss. And everybody tries to be like somebody else, and they come off like, well, if I say 50 curse words in a minute, then I'm going to get listeners. And But that's only going to get you maybe halfway through that episode, and then people are going to start clicking off. Because I think you have to be authentic, but actually provide value for people that are listening.
1: Most definitely. I mean, providing value is and entertainment, too. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this. You know, people come on to shows – done maybe to learn something but also to be entertained that's what we're doing we're looking for entertainment and you know i a lot of shows that i see um they're just boring as hell it's like hi how are you good i'm fine you're fine oh that's funny uh yeah it's just it's just like that you're just like this is the worst conversation ever yeah i get, yeah, I get
0: it and sometimes you're like oh my god i feel like i'm pulling teeth i gotta pull questions out of you it's that's... but one thing i like about you is you're a rock and roll guy i'm a big rock and roll guy yeah i still listen to ozzy i still listen to van halen so i have i haven't grown up yet
1: well according to the guy who fired me McDonald's were are all going to hell so
0: <laughs> well it's gonna be a big party
1: it's gonna be a good party all the bands are there so
0: So now you've interviewed, like you said, you've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people um, from the people that you interviewed, because I've interviewed a lot of top, top level Navy SEALs, Delta Force, and they all seem to have like a couple things in common. So the most successful people that you've interviewed now, including yourself, um, what makes those people successful and others not?
1: They've done a lot of internal work on themselves and they've really got to know themselves really well and they've healed traumas Uh, they've they spend a lot of times being very self-accountable very self-aware and that's what I find with most people they're very deliberate they're very self-aware they um, they don't blame others for their problems they take accountability Um, and that seems to be the, the real key you know, you'll talk to them and they have an understanding about themselves and their topic. You can tell they've spent some quiet times alone with themselves that a lot of people don't want to spend or afraid to spend. Um, and, you know, doing that inward looking. And so I think that's I think it's one of the things that separates people that are hugely successful The people that don't. There's a lot of people just running on autopilot.
0: Now, how how do you, because um, I've learned a lot from you as far as how to properly introduce yourself and ask somebody to come on the show and provide value before you even ask anything um so talk to us because a lot of people has number one question i have when i teach people on my courses well how do i get people to come on my show um so how did chris Voss get people coming on the show when he first started
1: um for the most part i was in the tech business because we were doing with twitter and stuff so i just reached out to a lot of my friends who were also in tech business Uh, a lot of them were writing books a lot of them were talking about tech a lot of them were also famous as well you know so when you're kind of quote-unquote famous you know other you you can pull in your friends basically so that's what i was doing i just pull in my friends and we talk about podcasts back then it was fairly informal back then and, and it was kind of more of a radio show but um, so just, you know, bug my friends. And of course, back then, you know, everyone wants to get a podcast. So, oh, Chris got a podcast. It's gone. His. And I've always been kind of funny. I mean, you, if people want to think I'm funny, great, but I've always been kind of funny. So I'm always working at it. And, uh, <laughs> the, uh, and so people usually like hanging around me cause I'm funny and, uh, God bless them. Cause I don't think I am that funny, but, uh, we're working on it. We're working <laughs> on the jokes.
0: So now, you know, because I've i been on LinkedIn, I think now I'm on my fifth year. I think we got something like almost, almost 30,000 connections. I've never once sent anybody anything spam because I, I don't think that's the way to build relationships. We're like when I asked you to come on the show, I said, you know, Chris, I love what you're doing. I would love to have you come on the show and promote your show and p- promote your new book. That's the way I kind of lead with value every time. So talk about how, talk about leading with value, especially on LinkedIn.
1: Well, LinkedIn, you know, we post the podcast there. You can post 10 minute segments. So we post a 10 minute segment up. There's a newsletter over there that if you can get access to the newsletter, you can post the newsletter you know, uh, at least once a day, you can send a newsletter to people and people on LinkedIn subscribe to it. What's great. It goes right to their emails. And so, uh, we do a newsletter thing. I think we built it down to about 4,300 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, it's just freaking crazy, man. What we, what we built over there, we built a big group from zero to 130,000. And, uh, so, you know, you just build it and it takes time. The company pages we work on now. Every month, you can add 250 users to it and invite them. So you know, you just talk and you put out content, and that's how you deliver value. If people see you enough and they like your stuff and your content, smart and intelligent, um, they'll usually like you.
0: I love it. like you said, you know, as long as it's intelligent conversation and somebody's learning for, from somebody. Now, I want to get talk ask you about it because for you. You, you know everybody and you know every, almost everything so if I have any questions I'm going to go to you but um, I've been using I've been learning how to use chat GPT for the uh. last three weeks and I'm actually learning a lot learning I'm using more as a learning tool than anything else hmm. but I hear a lot of people talking trash about it and so I want to get your opinion on chat GPT and not only that but AI as far as you know content in the, in the next, you know, 12 months.
1: I haven't played with it. My friends have all been playing with it. So I've been letting them play with it. Um, I don't really have much to think about it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's where AI is going, artificial intelligence and, and becoming more aware. I've been seeing the pictures that people have been making with the new programs for AI and uh, they're pretty cool looking. Uh, The artistry is uh, astounding. Um, but uh, I haven't played with it much. You're you're probably farther along with it than I am, but uh, it seems cool. I'm cool with it. I'm. I don't know. I don't know if there's a danger there. People are freaking out. They're like, it's gonna replace podcasts and everything. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. Yeah, give us some time. But you really can't replace the comedy on my podcast. I mean, maybe you
0: can. Well, well plus that, I mean, I remember when Clubhouse first came out, and yeah. they're like, oh that's going to replace podcasting. And yeah. that was up for about seven days and took a shit. And now nobody's on clubhouse. So it's not really taking podcasting at all. It's actually helping podcasts. I think because everybody I was listening on clubhouse now went back to podcast.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't ever see it taking over podcasting. I saw it as a nice sort of a side, we used to pump the podcast in there and we used to promote with it and stuff. But yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting.
0: <clears throat> so now talk about, let's talk about the last couple of minutes. Let's talk about your book and what you got going on and talk about, you know, wh- what you've been doing the last couple of weeks and how, how your weekend went.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, uh, I went to CS. Like I said, I'm pretty beaten down from CS feeling the feeling the pain from the road. And yeah, I probably need an app. <laughs> the, uh, And I I just, uh, we did CS, we interviewed like, I think 20 or 30 um, CEOs that we usually do every year there. Uh, We run the gauntlet, we go through the booths, record the booths, and uh, talk about what's going on with uh, their shows. A lot of these guys are entrepreneurs, so they're either new startups or they're used to doing startups, but... You know they're very successful people or on their way hopefully to be successful people and uh it's cool to see their ideas and the money that they put behind it you know and uh you know you see now, for people, the people
0: don't know what is cs for the people that don't know?
1: it's the consumer electronics uh, technology uh, associations show so consumer electronics show and uh, cta puts it on every year and they it uh, has like all the latest toys anything you want to know that's coming in the future it's there at that show usually. And uh, so you see things that, you know, aren't at the market yet, uh, kind of the cusp of ideas. So we've been doing that. Um, my book's going well, The Beacons of Leadership. Uh, you can find it wherever uh, fine books are sold on Amazon. Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success, Business, and Innovation. Recommend anybody pick it up if you're an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur. I've got my toolbox in there and some of the different tips and tricks that I used to use. And, um, Yeah. I'm just pretty much just trying to catch up from the road and (laughs) the beat down of walking all over
0: CES. No. So, okay. Let me, you know, being in the military for 23 years. um, I, I love leadership. I love talking about leadership. Um, I think that we have a big lack of leadership, not only in business, but also in this country, but that's a whole other podcast. Uh, So talk about, you know, your thoughts on leadership and what is leadership
1: leadership to me the the reason i wrote the title of the book is based on a format I called beacons of leadership you know as as a leader is someone who inspires other people who motivates other people who gets things done who uh, people look to as a leader um you're certainly not a leader if you can't get anybody to follow you <laughs> um but uh people who look to you as a leader and your ideas and your concepts and what you want to achieve within your, the community you're trying to lead. Um, Somebody can be a leader who's a parent, mothers and fathers are leaders. Um, You know, they're setting the course for children. They're, they're leading the home and everything else. And um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of where that goes. Um, The uh, so, you know, uh, but yeah, we don't have enough leaders. So many people just want to be followers. A few people want to lead, which is fine uh because that just makes it better for most of all of us
0: but you know like for, i've learned in my that in order to be a good leader you would had to be a great follower mm-hmm. and for me you know i'm i'm the kind of guy that in order for me to lead i you know i don't remember who said it but you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and i think great leaders care about the people that they're, they're leading because i i feel that if if I'm leading somebody and they know that I care about them mm-hmm. as a person, they'll run through a brick wall if they have to.
1: Definitely. They definitely you know? will.
0: And I just don't believe that, you know, I believe like when I was in the military, I was taught I can respect your rank, but I don't have to respect a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I definitely believe um, in, in leadership. I can't wait to get, I want to get an autographed copy of that book, by the way.
1: I'd love to get you one. I'd love to get you one. Did I get
0: one out to you? No, nope, okay, I, I going to get an one? copy. I'll buy it, like I said. Was well, I going to mail it to you? No, not I'll, yet. I'll
1: mail, I'll mail one out to you. Hit me up after the show so that I uh, have that, and I'll mail one out to you, man, gladly.
0: All right, so now, like I said, this is a teaching podcast, and the last question I ask for business experts like yourself, what are your top three pieces of business advice? you you would give to a a brand new business owner
1: um study your work study what entrepreneur is is um uh work hard uh what what are some three that i would think of but study your business hard understand what entrepreneur is how it works get get good mentors I think that would be a big thing. Get good mentors. People who have been successful in business. Don't listen to idiots that have not been successful in business. You know, if if Bob comes to you from accounting or, you know, someone who's a, you know, one of your relatives says, oh, you know, I heard there was danger in business. and So don't listen to those guys. Go get mentors who are successful business uh, millionaires. They've built great companies and use them as your mentors and your sounding boards.
0: I love it brother. So how do, how do we find you? How do we, I know you're everywhere, but what are some of the ways we can find your podcast and how, how else can we support your mission?
1: Uh, Check out the book at beaconsleadership.com or beaconsleadership on Amazon. The chrisvossshow.com is where my podcast is and all those reviews and stuff we do. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Chris Voss. Uh, Same thing with, uh, same thing with Facebook. You follow me there. Just search for, Chris Foss, The Chris Foss Show. Look for the guy who's not the FBI agent and um, you'll find me in all my glory.
0: Chris, I just want to say, my friend, thank you for being a friend all these years. And thank you being for being a mentor to me. Without you, um, this show would not be possible. And I personally and, and publicly want to say thank you for all you've done for me.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad that you, that you had that impact on you and it's made your life better. I'm thank you very much. Cause I, I don't hear much. Thanks. And sometimes you worry, wonder about the people you touch the world, but I'd love to come back and talk about leadership. We can uh, plumb that in some more depths if you'd have
0: me. Definitely. Back. When the book comes, what we'll do is we'll actually, as soon as the book comes, we'll just put, we'll have a, a whole episode just on leadership. Cause I'm All sure right. a lot of veterans, you know, I've, I've interviewed a bunch of guys that, you know, are struggling now because of what the leadership in, in D.C. So I mm. would definitely love to come on and, and talk about leadership in life and in business.
1: Sounds good. Let's do it. All
0: right, guys. So remember, check out Chris. He's awesome on LinkedIn. Um, his po- podcast is amazing. I think I've listened to every episode. So make sure you check him out. And guys, remember, um, Vertical Momentum, the only way to go is but up and we will catch you next week. Chris, thank you so much. And I love you and love everything you're doing.
1: Thanks, Rich. You too, man. God bless. There you go. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.